Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now, here's a message from Pastor Dan Roth. Amen. Amen. Well, today, get your Bibles out, and we're going to start in Psalm 91 today. And I want to minister a subject called Fighting from the Foxhole. You know, when we think about a foxhole, oftentimes we think about a place in war times where somebody is huddled in, right? And it's a place that they can rest. It's a place they can be safe. It's a place where they can even fight from. You know, Jesus in the Word of God does talk about foxholes, and he, he, he was talking about the Son of Man, and people said, teacher, let me go where you're going to go, and he said, you know what, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And so we do see the foxhole in the scriptures, and it was well known that this was a home, that this was an abode, this was a place to dwell. And many of us probably feel like our home has become this confining space. You know, when you're social distancing and when you've got stay-home orders like we do, uh, that, that house that once at one time you thought was large and spacious all of a sudden starts to feel confined and cramped. And you feel like you're in a foxhole. You feel like maybe there's not a lot of light. Maybe you feel like it's a place where you just collapse every night after a long day for many of our essential workers that are going out there on the front lines and you guys are concerned and there's definitely fear on every side and things being said and extra precautions and things that are taking place. And you might come home and and just collapse, and that, that house is a foxhole. It's just a place for you to have some safety, have some respite, and be blessed there. Now, our foxhole as Christians is God himself. He is the place where we go to. He's the one that we run to, and in him we find our dwelling. In him we find our abode. In him we find our safety. The Bible says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous run into and they are safe. God is our foxhole. You know, when Jesus said foxes have holes, you didn't know he was calling you foxy, did you? But listen, God is saying that that all of us have a place to run to. All of us have a place to go. That we can hide in him. Now, just because you're in a foxhole doesn't mean that there won't be a battle that comes at your life. Let's take a look at it in the word of God together. In Psalm 91, And I'm just going to take a look at verse number 9 and verse number 10. Psalm 91, verse number 9 and verse number 10. It says, Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. Notice that God, the Lord, is our refuge, and he's also our dwelling place. Verse number 10, because you have made him that, because you're there safe in him. Verse 10, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Oh my goodness, look at what God is doing. Look at how God keeps us safe. He's the place where we run to. He is our refuge. He is our fortress. He is our strong tower. He is the one that the righteous can run to, and we are safe. And because you've made him your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. There can't be anything that's contrary to the ways of God that comes at your life or comes against you. But also we have a beautiful promise at the end of that verse that no plague shall come near your dwelling. You ought to confess that over your life every day that because I've made the Lord my refuge, because God is my foxhole, he's my place, he's my dwelling, that no evil shall befall this house, nor shall any plague come near our dwelling. Now once again, that doesn't mean that there won't be a battle that you encounter from time to time in your lives. It doesn't mean that you'll never have a battle physically. It doesn't mean that you won't ever fight things spiritually. There are things that come at us constantly, and we are in the midst of a war. 
And that's why I like this image of God being our foxhole because he's the place where we rest. He is the place of safety. He is the place that where we can go and we can dwell in. And we can tuck in and we can hide in him in the midst of a battle. I was talking with a friend and he asked me if I'd ever found out that when you tell others uh, about your life and they say, I'm praying for you, he says, does it ever just get worse when that happens? Or when you start to talk about the good things that God is doing in your life, do you ever find out that like, it's like all hell breaks loose against you? And my response was a very direct and plain and simple one. I said, absolutely, all the time. It's a very normal thing that when people are praying for you, or when you start to tell your testimony of the good things that God is doing in your life, that a battle will ensue. And I said, the reason for that is, is a principle that many people don't understand. There's a principle of spiritual warfare that takes place. When Christians, when, when believers start to pray and start to petition the throne room of heaven, when we start to go before God and we find mercy to obtain grace in a time of need, when we start to let our petitions be made known to the Father in the Spirit, the demons and the demonic forces are watching and they're looking at what's happening and because they want to frustrate the work of God, they will come against those prayers and they'll try and stop the good things that God is doing in our lives. And in the same way, when we tell our testimony, when we start to declare that God is doing something in my life, that I've been delivered, that I've been healed, that, that, that God is good, when we start to declare the testimony and be a witness for Jesus, don't you know that the devil wants to stop that testimony? And so, yes, all hell will break loose against you. Why? Because they want to stop the goodness of God. And they want to make sure that those testimonies stop and that those prayers don't get answered. And that's why we run to the foxhole. That's why in this season, think about it for a second, church, online, right? Here we are, and we thought this was such a terrible thing. We can't gather anymore. What are we going to do, right? All these questions are going on in our heads. I remember being at the gate the first weekend that we closed the gates, and people came up, and they were just sad. I never thought I'd see this happen. This is crazy, right? And yet, here we are in the midst of this, and, and I'm looking around, and online, I've never seen people be so vocal. Online, I'm watching the, the names of the people that are showing up. And some of you guys have been out of church for a long time. I'm not shaming anybody. I'm glad that you're back in church. I love you, and I was hoping that you would have been back sooner. But thank God you got a clue, and you said, you know what? This is crazy times. I need Jesus, and you got back into church online during this time. Hey, good for you, man. Keep going. Keep it up. This is wonderful. I've been seeing people that have been reaching out to others. I've been seeing people that when someone's discouraged at the store, they're saying, hey, you need church. Get online with my church. There are people all over the world that are tuning in. We're seeing tens of thousands of people online, not just at this church, little churches, big churches, churches of medium size, all kinds of churches, and God has highlighted the work of God on the earth. There has never been more content coming out of the church than there has been right now in this season and this time. Good things are happening. People are declaring the testimonies of God. People are loving their neighbor. People are reaching out. People are praying. Good things are happening. But don't you know that in this season that the devil is saying, I hate this. This is terrible. I thought if I closed the church, it would have closed the church, right? And it didn't close the church. It deployed the church. Look at what happened. And now all of a sudden there's an attack against your life and against my life. We need to be in the foxhole. We need to fight from the foxhole. So if we're going to fight from the foxhole, there's some essential things that we need to know and that we need to do 
in order to fight from the foxhole. Okay, I'm going to give them to you quickly today. I want you to take some notes. Make sure that you get a hold of this because God is speaking to you right now. God wants to teach you some things so that in this season, when you're holed up in your homes, when you're social distancing, man, when you feel like you're in that confined, closed little space and you're going crazy, God is saying, I need you to do these things because they're essential to fighting from the foxhole. First thing is this. First thing is this. If we're going to fight from the foxhole, we need to commune with God. Communion is essential to fighting from the foxhole. Now, I'm not just talking about the elements, even though I don't think it's a bad idea for you guys at home to get a hold of some bread, maybe some grape juice or whatever you have there. If you've got crackers, if you've got Ritz, if you've got whatever, it doesn't matter. You can take communion with anything. It's not about the physical, natural elements. It's about the spiritual connection with God. See, that word in the Bible for communion is not what we think of as the elements, right? Bread and wine. Communion in the Bible, if you look at the original Greek word, it's koinonia. That word means fellowship. That word means intimacy. It, it means connectedness, interconnectedness. When we are communing with God, we are fellowshipping with him, we are connecting with him, we are becoming one with him. In fact, let me show this to you in the Bible in 2 Corinthians, the very last verse in 2 Corinthians. If you go to chapter 13 in 2 Corinthians, now in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter number 13, right at the end, and head down to verse number 14. Take a look at it. Last verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. It says this. It says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you know that Jesus gives grace? He empowers us. Grace is God's sovereign divine ability to get the job done on our behalf when we can't do it. So he starts out with the grace, the power of God on your behalf, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. But not only that, then he goes on, he says, and the love of God. Not just a natural love. No, the God kind of love. Agape love. That's the word in the Greek. It's a word that's pretty much exclusive to the Bible. It means the supernatural, powerful God kind of love. He says, so the power of God through Jesus Christ and the love of God through the Father. Look at this. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God. Look at this. And the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. See, in our lives, Jesus has died, he's resurrected, and he's ascended to the right hand of the Father. So in our day, if we wanted to be with Jesus, we couldn't go to Jerusalem or couldn't go to Judea or Galilee and go find him and hang out with him. We don't have that privilege on the earth today, but we have a greater privilege. Did you know that? Because Jesus said it's beneficial. It's good that I go to the Father because if I go to the Father, I'm not going to leave you an orphan. Oh, no, I'm going to send to you my spirit. In other words, if there was just one Jesus and everybody wanted to hang out with him, all the Christians, we, we couldn't do it in a lifetime. We, we'd be standing in line our whole life waiting to see if we could get an opportunity just to be with Jesus. But now that Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit, he says, you can fellowship with me anytime, any place. You want to just be with God? Hey, all you got to do is say, hey, Holy Spirit, let's hang out. And he's like, I already was, man. I was just waiting for you to show up to the party. It's already going on. We can commune. We can connect with God anytime that we desire because Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. Uh, Pastor Benny Johnson writes about a California fire captain named Mark Mack. Mark Mack served as a California fire captain for 30 years. In 2007, he was assigned to a major fire in the San Diego area, and Mark and his team 
were stationed in the exact same place that four years earlier another firefighter had died. The winds were gusting up to 90 miles per hour. The threat was extremely high that the fire would begin to spread, and Mark was tasked with keeping it contained by any means necessary. As the shift began, it became obvious to Mark that this was not going to be an easy day. One firefighter sustained a burn. Another fell down a hillside, fractured his arm, needed a team to rescue him. After that, an engine crew reported to Mark that they were being fired upon. The crew had been clearing houses in the path of the fire and accidentally stumbled upon a meth lab, and they started firing upon the firefighters. My goodness. In another location, another firefighter fell into a canyon, broke his leg, required a rescue from the Coast Guard helicopters. In an incident unrelated to the wildfire, a house caught on fire down the road where they were stationed, so they had to go and take care of that. An elderly, elderly man wandered away from his home, leaving his family terrified that he'd been caught in the fire, even though he wasn't. They had to go and find him. Three traffic collisions occurred in that same time, and they had to go out, and they had to be there at these traffic collisions to make sure that everyone was okay, all the while making sure that they contain a wildfire. And finally, as Mark was flown by helicopter to survey the fire in his designated area, a warning light came on in the cockpit, and the pilot had to make an emergency landing. All of this happened in the midst of the regular operations needed to contain a 100,000-acre wildfire. Mark said, finally, around 8.30 p.m., things slowed down, and I could catch my breath. I was extremely tired, stressed, and very ticked off at God for making me go through all of that. I had the classic, why me, attitude. You, you ever had that attitude? You, you guys probably haven't had that attitude. I know I've had that attitude every now and then, but you guys are much better than I am. He sat on the tailgate of his truck feeling overwhelmed and exhausted, and noticing a box of sack lunches that had been prepared by a local church, Mark reached for a paper bag, realizing that he had not eaten all day. He says, once again, the very first thing I pulled out was a small piece of green cardstock written in a child's handwriting in black crayon was thanks. Love, Allison. I bowed my head and I wept. Then I heard the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. He gently said, son, you forgot why you were here. All of these things happened today because I knew you would handle them. That's why I put you here. You forgot it's not about you. It's about them and you bringing my love to them. I brokenly asked him, how did I show them your love? It was all crazy and fat and fast, and truth be told, I never even thought about you. The Holy Spirit replied, you were here where I wanted you to be. Then the Lord said, I want you to take communion here and now, and I want you to remember me. Mark reached into his sack lunch and pulled out some rich crackers and a bottle of Gatorade. In the middle of a major fire, he took communion and remembered why he was doing what he was doing. He said once again, ever since that day, whenever I get angry or fearful, I remember. I remember a card written in crayon from a nine-year-old girl. I remember how much he loves me, and I take communion, and I remember him. You know, for all of us, we need to remember that we're fighting in a foxhole. For some of you guys, that means becoming a teacher to your children at home. For some of you guys, that means being an essential worker and going out every day, not knowing if you're going to contract the virus or spread the virus. For some of us, that means not knowing what's happening with family members, that we can't go and we can't visit person to person because of their age or because of uh, distance or things like that. For some of us, that means uh, doing things that we used to do with ease, now doing them very constricted and with restrictions and things that we just don't like. 
And in the midst of all of that, in the midst of these battles, in the midst of these trials and confusions and chaos and things that's coming against us, we need to slow down and remember him and just commune with him. Even if you don't have elements, just take some time and connect with and fellowship with God. Because when you're in the foxhole, that's what it's all about. Make God your hiding place. Make God your dwelling place. Second thing for us is this. If we're going to fight from the foxhole, we need to remember to partake of communion, to commune with our Heavenly Father. But second thing is this, is we need communication. Communication. It is vitally important that communication on the battlefield takes place. And there are many things taking place, many things going on. Many of us uh, know this feeling, even though we're not in a war per se in our land. But there's so much communication going on. In fact, every day, you have a presidential announcement, you've got a, a governor announcement, you've got a, a county announcement. There's all these announcements, all these things being said, and then you go on the news, and it's not even the city you live in or, or the city that you work in, and you're listening to someone else's announcement. And you go, wait a second, is that what's going to go on here? Are they doing that there? Well, wait a second, this place is opening up. How come we can't open up? And all this stuff is going on all around us. And there are many voices that are coming at us. And the Bible says there are many voices in the world and none without significance. They may have something to say about their area. They may have something significant to say about what's going on in their part of the world. In fact, even in our land, there's some significant things, communications that are coming across us. There are many voices and none without significance. I'm not downplaying. I'm not saying that we shouldn't listen to our governor, listen to our county leaders, listen to our mayors. No, but listen, beyond that, we need to hear the voice of our commanding officer. It's at this time that we need to quiet ourselves. Remember that communion is the time where you're fellowshipping with God, where you're receiving his strength, his power, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. But listen, when you're in that communion time, it's time to settle yourself. It's time to shut up your mouth, right? That was the old King James Version. And take a moment and just lean in and listen. Lean in and hear God's heartbeat. Lean in and listen to what God would have you to do. You know, it's in those moments of frustration and chaos that when you hear a word from God, it makes everything okay. It's in the midst of chaos when, when the kid is crying and this one doesn't understand what's going on with their homework and you're, the other one doesn't even have school and you're wondering why the kid's not helping you clean the house, right? And you just want to, you know, take them outside and, and take them behind the woodshed or something like that, right? It's in the midst of those moments that when you hear God just speak peace, it calms the storms within. When you hear God say love, it allows you to look upon your children with that compassion, it's in the midst of the chaos. Maybe some of you guys are working at the hospital and things are going nuts and you're wondering what's going to go on and how it's going to happen. And if you're even qualified to take care of the needs that are taking place, you're wondering if there's personal protective equipment coming and you're frustrated and you want to rail against the government and God says pray for them. It just settles everything on the inside of you. Now all of a sudden you have the direction. You have the focus and you have what you need. See, in the foxhole, you need to hear from your heavenly father. What does God want from you right now? What is God asking of you in this moment, in this season, in this time? God will give you directions for the future as well. But right now, when in the foxhole, when in the war, we need to hear the communication from God. Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, great chapter, talking about spiritual warfare, talking about our armor that we need to put on, talking about the things that we need to do. Talks about prayer. In Ephesians 6, verse number 18, in the New Living Translation, he says this, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. 
We need to stay on guard. We need to stay on alert. We need to be that sentry that stands there, listens for the voice of our commanding officer. When you're in the foxhole, you don't know what's going on, you're confused, start to pray in the spirit. Start to pray and ask God what he wants from you. Start to pray and listen and say, God, I need to hear your voice because God, I'm gonna follow you. And start to pray for all believers. Pray for us here at the church. Pray for the decisions that are coming up. Pray for fellow believers that they wouldn't forsake going to church online. Because you know what? When you're home and when you're in your jammies and, and when it feels good in the bed, it's easy to skip out on church. Oh, I'll just catch it later. No, pray that your spiritual brethren would have a spiritual fervency and vitality. That they would continue to press forward. Pray for our cities. Pray for our leaders. Start to pray and listen for what God would have for your life. I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said, the moment you wake up each morning, all your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. Don't they do that? And the first job each morning consists in shoving it all back, in listening to that other voice, taking that other point of view, letting that other, larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. Take some time and listen for the voice of your Father. Communication is vital when you're fighting in the foxhole. Last thing for us today is this. Last thing for us today is this, and you need to know this, counter attack. Some of you guys were just waiting for this moment, weren't you? Because if we're fighting from the foxhole, communion and communication doesn't seem like fighting, does it? But guess what? There is a counterattack that comes when you have communed with the Father and when you have heard his orders. When you start to march, when you start to obey God, when you start to do what God would have you to do, that is the counterattack. I heard the story of a, a young recruit just gotten out of boot camp, and he was assigned his first post, and he was positioned at a gate. And he was to stand at this gate, the main entrance, the compound he was at, and he was to make sure that nobody, no car passed by him that didn't have the proper sticker in the front window. Wouldn't you know it? He's there on his first day. First day, first hour, car drives up. Beautiful car. Window rolls down, and there's a, a private first class in the front driver's seat. And he says, uh, I'm sorry, sir, I can't let you pass. I don't see that you have the sticker in the window. Back window rolls down. Stars, stripes on the shoulder. It's a general. The general looks at the private. He says, private, go ahead and drive on. Man says, I can't let you do that. I'm sorry, you don't have the proper sticker in the window. Once again, the general says, private, drive on. Not knowing what to do, the, the, the new recruit comes up to the window and he says, I'm sorry, General, sir, but, but I don't know what to do here. I, I, I don't know what, what I should be doing. When you drive through, do I shoot the private or do I shoot you? See, we're not here to fight with one another. The Bible says our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and powers of the darkness. See, when we do a counterattack, it's not a counterattack on your spouse not a counterattack on your children. It's not a counterattack on our government. These are men and women who need our prayers. They need our love. They need our uh, respect and honor, the Bible says. It, our, our fight is not against the systems here on the earth. No, our fight is in the spirit. We do not wage a natural war. We wage a spiritual war. We are advancing on the kingdom of darkness. And we have to confront the enemy and fight back with the word. We have to fight back with our faith. We have to fight back with our prayers. And the way to counterattack is to declare God's word while maintaining your testimony. Remember, we started with this. What do you do? What do you do when you're telling your testimony or you're asking people for prayer and all hell breaks loose against you? Here's what you do. You stand on the word of God, you declare the word of God, and you maintain that testimony. If your testimony is that you got delivered from alcohol, don't go back to alcohol right now. This is not the time. This is not the place. This is not for you. 
If your testimony is that you got delivered from drugs, this is not the time to go back on drugs. You do not go back to those things. You've been delivered to those things. You are not a dog that returns to its vomit. You're not a pig that returns to its wallowing in the mud. You are a child of God. You are a saint. And you are to stand and declare the word of God that he has delivered me. He will deliver me because God is the great deliverer. And God is going to maintain this testimony. I'm not going back. Somebody ought to shout that at home. I'm not going back. Why? Because God is on your side. And that's the way you counterattack. Keep praying. Keep pressing, keep believing, keep declaring the word of God and maintain your testimony. Revelation chapter 12, verse number 11. Last book in the Bible, turn there with me. Revelation chapter 12, verse number 11 shows us the spiritual battle, shows us into the spiritual realm. It's like God pulls back the curtain and shows us what's going on. And war breaks out and the devil is fighting against the people of God and the saints. Look at what it says, Revelation chapter 12 and verse Number 11. It says, and they overcame him. The saints of God overcame the devil who was warned against him. How'd they do that? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Jesus has already given you the victory. You have already got everything you need to succeed, saint. You just need to apply it to your, apply the blood to your life. Some of you guys need to go get some oil and you need to go around your house. You need to anoint the doorposts. You need to anoint the front and the rear entrance. You need to anoint every person in your home and declare the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ over your life, over your home. Plead the blood. You say, Pastor, I got some Crisco or some Wesson. I got a little leftover oil, some Penn's oil. Go get it. It doesn't have to be blessed by a priest. You are the priest of your home. You bless it. And it's just a symbol, just like the communion elements. It doesn't matter what kind of oil. You could rub some oil off of your forehead and go and anoint your house. It doesn't matter. What matters is the spirit and the presence of God. And your faith, believing God, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Look at this. And the word of their testimony. Keep declaring the goodness that God has done in your life. Keep going after. Keep declaring in faith, believing that God will do those things that he said he was doing because God is not a liar. Look at this, not loving their lives, even unto death. Even if it doesn't work out the way that we believe. Even if we're still going to go after the things of God. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There they are, and the king had a command to bow or die. And they said, listen, God will save us. But even if he doesn't, we're still not bowing. When you're in the foxhole, when you run to the righteousness of God, when you run to the name of the Lord your God, when now you've run into your refuge, no evil shall befall you. But listen, even if, even if God lets you succumb to the flame, listen, God is still good. God is still true. God is still faithful. And you will maintain your testimony on the earth. And God will use those things that the devil thought were meant for evil. And God will turn them around for your good because you love them and because you're called according to his good purposes. We know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego they got cast into the flames, and another man showed up there. Fourth man in the fire. God is with you everywhere you go. You have the communion and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. I want to just take a moment with you guys right where you're at, and I want to pray together. Would you bow your heads, and would you close your eyes? Now, let me ask you this question. What is God speaking to you? For many of you, God has already spoken. And if you haven't already, would you write it down, what God is speaking to you right now? 
What is God speaking to you? For some of you, maybe God's saying, remember me. And today, you need to commune with your Father. Maybe you want to go and get some elements and have communion with your family at lunch or at dinner. What's God speaking to you? Maybe there's communication coming across. God's giving you vision for this season. Write it down. Ask yourself the question, what does God want from me right now? What is God speaking to you? Is there a counterattack? Is there a scripture you need to declare? Maybe without even realizing it, you started slipping into sin in this season. You've went backwards. God is saying, I want you to press forward. Get rid of that pornography. Make right that relationship. Go and apologize. What is it that God is speaking to you right now? I want to lead you in a declaration. So would you put your hand over your heart right now? Would you say this with me? Say, God, you are my refuge. I will commune with you. I hear your voice and I follow. I will fight the good fight. By your blood and my testimony, I will overcome. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.